This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by NordVPN, the virtual private network which allows fans to watch football games, films and TV shows that aren't available in your region. It even saves on travel costs, so if you're planning on travelling with the family or to watch the Amazon Europe, NordVPN allows you to purchase flights and hotels from different locations across the world and that will save you a few quid. Maybe you're a bit of a shady character and whatever you're up to, you want to give yourself the best possible chance of not getting caught. Whatever the scenario, NordVPN provide high-level protection for your data and personal information wherever you are in the world and boast the fastest virtual private network in the world. So no buffering and no lagging. So for less than a pint or a cup of coffee per month, you fans can watch all the games you want live from the comfort of your own sofa. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash West Way to get your exclusive discount plus four months free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash West Way. You're listening to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Hamway Podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWH employee. What a week it's been for West Ham. We're on our way to Prague after a brilliant night in Alkmaar, then our final home game of the season that ends with three points against Sam Allardyce's Leeds United. We talk about the past week, have a chat with Nolsey, and celebrate our Hammer of the Year before getting news from X and answering questions from Patreons of the West Hamway. It's not been a bad old week for West Ham, has it? Let's start with the game against Leeds. What did you think of the performance? Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought the second half particularly was really good. I thought there was some really entertaining football. You know, one of the uh, many sticks that people have tried to hit David Moyes with this year was the style of football. I thought the style of football in the second half was really, really good. The interchange between the likes of Packetar, Fodals, Bowen, you know, we could have we could have scored four or five goals. The players are actually trying to be too generous to each other, I thought, really. And had we had more riding on it, I don't think they would have been. But I thought it was a really good second half performance. You know, we technically had nothing to play for. Um, it, we didn't have to put out as strong a team. I do wonder whether it had been, and this is just my opinion, I don't know facts on this, that if it wasn't, I think... David Moyes might have wanted to help Everton out a little bit. Um, so had it been the other way round and, and uh, we've been playing Everton, I do wonder whether we would have had a stronger side as we did against Leeds, but who knows. But he, anyway, mm. it was a good performance. I thought individually, but I thought Packington was amazing. I thought he is really, really showing why we spent the money that we did on him. And he's almost had like a, a Tevez effect where he's really kicked in after after a few months. I think next year he's going to be absolutely amazing for us. And credit to, to the, the other um, players around him. Yeah, I thought it was a really good performance, as I say, especially second half. Yeah, it's an interesting theory about Everton, that. I hadn't thought of that, and it, it does make sense, because I know obviously he's got a big soft spot for him. Well, and it'd be it, interesting to see who goes, actually, at the end of the season. I can't, I can't believe a club like Everton are in that situation, but when you look at their squad on paper, they should be. I think they're a shower of shit, personally, but yeah. um, 
Yeah, it's interesting that. It's food for thought. But you mentioned Lucas Bequeta there. I mean, a number of players deserve praise for that win. But let's talk a little bit more about Lucas. How good is he, X? Because, I mean, I think he's got the potential to become a legend at West Ham. I really do. And and we've referenced him before in the same light as Paolo Di Canio in terms of those breathtaking moments and the, the effortless class and skill that we see from him. And what I love about him... He's, he's your, your sort of typical Brazilian flair player, but he puts in a shift as well. He puts in a shift and he gets involved defensively. And as an all-round player, I think he could be massive for West Ham. I really, really do. Like you say, he's ended the season well, but I think next season, once he's settled, and if he's consistent, I think he, potentially he's, his name's on Hammer of the Year trophy before we've even kicked a ball, because I think he's that good. I, I'm absolutely in love with him. How good is he, X? He's different class, isn't he? Yeah, I agree. I think he, he's been brilliant, <clears throat> certainly, these last two or three months. I mean, yesterday, what was so good about him was that he was winning the ball. That's what the, that's the, the attributes I've been most impressed with. He's been he's, he's strong. He's not scared of making a tackle. He gets stuck in. Um, he's what he's sure he showed his fighting spirit on Thursday when he wanted to take on all the uh, Alcala fans after, <laughs> after the game. Um, he's really, really like yeah, really good in that respect, which I didn't think he would be like traditionally. No Brazilian midfielders are more about the creativity and the flair. Um, apart from obviously, unless they're like a defensive midfielder, whereas he's got that creative side. Um, I thought he's he. I thought he had a brilliant game. You know, he won the ball in tight situations, got the ball out, started things moving. Very creative. I think next year he'll start to add a bit more goals and assists to his all-round performance. And then, as you say, he he has the potential to be huge for us. I mean, you know. There's a strong chance going to use, lose Declan in the summer, but if we can bring in another midfielder and have Packeter, they're getting even better. But it certainly softens that blow a little bit. Well, it doesn't get better, does it, the Lucas Bequetta? Um Talking of legends, let's talk about this season's Hammer of the Year. Was it ever in doubt? It had to be him, didn't it? I mean, he was from day one. He's been the most consistent player. He is our best player by a significant distance. He He's represented the club brilliantly this year. There's been all sorts of questions thrown at him as well. And he's batted them all off and maintained professionalism and maintained a, the, a standard of performance. I do believe, you know, because he's so good and has been consistently so good. I mean, he's won Hammer of the Year three times now. Been runner-up twice. And I think robbed when Suchet won it that year. He's got an accolade of Hammer of the Year. now almost every or runner-up every season he's played. And he sets the bar so high high, but when he doesn't hit those 9 out of 10 performances, 10 out of 10 performances, people think something's up, where it's just that, it's not humanly possible to be as good as he is every single game, but all you have to remember as well is that he does play pretty much every single game, touch wood, he's not been injured at all this season, apart from having a virus, I think once he's played the whole season, he's represented us on the international stage so well as well, um, we've been very blessed to have a player of his calibre and his down to earthness off the pitch as well. Um, that I think he's yeah he he was I would I'd like to see the percentages, but I would say the overall vote. I would imagine he got something like eighty eighty five percent of the overall vote, and that would be what it should be. Hmm. X, listen, I'm sure what I'm about to say is absolutely delusional, right? But just humour me for a minute. We're all resigned to the fact that Deck is going to leave in the summer, right? But. Would it be a ludicrous decision for him to stay? And hear me out. He's the club captain. He plays week in, week out. He's an England regular. He has an incredible relationship with the fans. Hopefully, he's about to lift a European trophy. The first trophy this club has won in 43 years. If so, he'll be playing European football next season. He's playing with quality players. We know that Sullivan will pay him what he wants to stay. He openly loves the club. He's settled in London. Is Champions League football and the odd trophy here and there that much more important to him than becoming an icon at West Ham? Um, that's a difficult question to put me under. I know the answer to this, and I'm just trying to think whether I say it as bluntly as it could be said, or I try and mince my words a bit. I think the, the, the bottom line is is that Declan wants to play at the very, very top, which his ability deserves, the very, very top no disrespect to West Ham, is not West Ham. You know, yeah, West Ham might win the Conference League, we might win the Europa League, we're getting better and better, but we're not Manchester City, who are interested in him. We're not, we're not Bayern Munich, who are interested in him. 
You could argue that we're not far off Arsenal and Manchester United, but we're not. They'll be playing in the Champions League next season. Yeah, they might not win things, but Manchester United only need to sign him, Harry Kane maybe, and one other player. They'd be challenging. Arsenal were very close to winning the league. Obviously, they bowled it at the end, but uh, I just don't think, unfortunately, he's got his headset on it. He's going to be 25 in January. He's got his headset on the fact that he wants to play at the very, very top. He wants to win things. The very, very top clubs are in for him, and as much as we would love for West Ham to to be one of those clubs, we're not quite there. They just look at the league table. We can't have gone from saying how doom and gloom it is, what an awful season it is, and Moyes has got to go, and oh, it's awful, 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 to now trying to kid ourselves that so all of a sudden we are actually a big enough club for him when for most of the season 90% of the fans have been saying that we're not. Um, I think the, the, the bottom line is, is that is where he'll ultimately end up, but the only saving grace is that... He has a two-year contract after this season. Um, if we don't get the money that we want to get for Declan Rice, the club can turn it down. So it's not a given that he's going to leave West Ham because they, the club would have to have their bid accepted by West Ham. But I would imagine 95% that he is likely to leave West Ham. I mean, I don't think there's a West Ham fan out there, myself included, that could begrudge him a move for the reasons that you've mentioned. But I don't know. Maybe I'm an old romantic. I just... I'm just gutted, mate, like we all are, absolutely gutted, because I think it is inevitable. The only question mark over it, really, though, is where he's going to go. Because that's if he's decided that he's going to leave West Ham, that's the big call on his part. Is where is he going to go? And what club can afford him? What club is realistically going to win trophies? What, what club's going to give him what he wants out of football? So this is a massive summer for him, personally. Because, you know, if he's going to go up north, he's going to be up, uprooting his family and, uh, you know, take himself out of his comfort zone in that respect, which I'm sure he's obviously mature and professional enough to do. But, you know, on a personal and professional level, this is, this is a massive time for Declan Rice. And I just, I've just gutted. I just wish that, I just wish that he would he would spend it with West Ham, you know, and he's always said about West Ham need to show ambition um, in order for him to consider staying. I just wish that rather than West Ham take Declan there, Declan can take us there. Do you know what I mean? And, I know uh, what you mean. And, and obviously, it's, it's me. It's me. I'm his biggest fan. I mean, I've been championing him since he was a 16-year-old. You know, I've been lucky enough to know him in some capacity, know his brothers and his parents in, in some capacity. So I've been lucky enough to be, you know, seeing someone that I have a connection to come through the academy and make it as big as he has. So for me, when he leaves... It'll be a massive thing for me. I'll be absolutely gutted when he goes because, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to, 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 like I say, to witness this. But the, the, the bottom line is he could go anywhere. Like I think all the top clubs will be interested in him. Um, and I, I think when you look at it realistically, if Manchester City move for him, which I expect they will, if Bayern Munich move for him, I expect they will. Manchester United, Arsenal, they're the main ones. I don't think Chelsea will. I don't think he'd be that interested in moving to Chelsea because of how they treated him as a kid when he was released by them. Um, but I think he's going to have options. I mean, you, you talk about you know moving to Manchester. Is he going to uproot his family and so on? But what you've got to remember, when Declan was 14, he left living in um, sort of Surrey stroke South London um, to move to Romford and live in Diggs when he was 14. Mm, yeah, so, I know. So he's prepared to do that then. I don't think what he would do, because obviously he'd be earning like, God knows, 300 grand a week. I mean, West Ham have offered him, I think, 200 grand a week. So he's going to offer, be offered even more um, when, if he does move. So if he offered 300 grand a week, what he'll do is he'll move his mum and dad, because I think. From memory, they live with him anyway. They'll move his mum and dad out to a massive house up there. He'll have his, he'll have his girlfriend and his son probably move it. Some of his other members of direct family up there, and it'll just be like a home from home, wouldn't it? And realistically, mm. you can get a, a chartered flight, like a player can pay to get a private jet from Manchester to London. That only take an hour, less than that. So. Mm. I think distance is going to be an issue for him. Um, I think it's ambition. And in some ways, that's what I like about the situation. Obviously, everyone's gutted. Declan's going to leave. But at least we know he's not just jumping ship for more money. He's jumping ship to play and win things, which obviously we would love to happen at West Ham. And yes, we're getting there if we win the Conference League. And it's our first trophy since... 
1980. Um, but will we win another one next year? It's very debatable. Whereas when you're in Manchester City, if you don't win at least two or three trophies, then it's not a great season, is it? So I think, mm. unfortunately, that's where the difference is. Mm. Ten more years, ten more years, Declan Rice. Definitely not going to get that, that's for sure. One at best, I would say, but even then, I think that's unlikely. One at best. I'll take that. If you offer that to me now, I'll take that. I would, I would as well. (laughs) Well, Saeed Ben Rama was runner-up to Deck in the Hammer of the Year. Do you agree with that? And if you do, is that potentially a little bit harsh on Bowen? No, I agree with it. I think um, whilst Bowen has... Definitely improved massively in recent games. I think Ben Rama, when times were really dark for West Ham, so we're talking just before the World Cup, um, you know, when we were really, really in a bad place, Ben Rama was one of the few that gave us an attacking option. Bowen was massively off form. I think it was affected by, you know, the England pressures and not getting in the England squad. Ben Rama, all right, all right, it's, his end product is not quite where we would want it to be at times and decision-making still needs improvement in terms of ability to create something, ability to get fans off their seat um, through consistency over the season. I think Ben Rahman does deserve it. Maybe if the season had gone on another two more months, the likes of Pakatar, Bowen, maybe even Antonio might have challenged for a runner-up. I think over the course of the season, Ben Rahman was one of the bright sparks in quite mm. dire times. Yeah, I agree with that. And I've said it before, if we got consistency out of Benny, I think we'd have a well-beater on our hands. But that's just something he's got to work on a little bit. And it is decision-making and his consistency, because on his day, he's absolutely unplayable. So hopefully he'll go from strength to strength. Um, But no, I was pleased for him, uh, and no doubt his mum, when he got that award. Um, Another special moment in that game was a goal from Manuel Lanzini. Quite poignant, really, considering it it, it could be the last time we see him at the London Stadium. Assuming he goes in the Summer X, he has been a great servant of West Ham, hasn't he? Oh, brilliant, mate. You know, there's very few. I was talking to someone about this at the game uh, yesterday. There's actually very few players left from our Upton Park days now, if you think about mm. it. Him, Ogbonna, Antonio, Cresswell. Is that it? Is that the only four? I think they are. They're the only four that are still there, and that's another one gone. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, on his day, when we had Pae, when he first joined us, he was absolutely brilliant. A quality, quality player. And at times, obviously, Pae took the limelight as he was just amazing. But at times, I thought Lanzini was actually a better player and actually did more. But it's just that Paye's moments were so spectacular. They kind of overshadowed him a little bit, but he was brilliant. And then he got that injury when he was trying so hard to get the Argentinian squad. He got that injury with them. Mm. You know, he was, I think, had he not got that injury and had he played consistently for Argentina, you know, alongside the likes of Messi and all the other stars they've got, I mean, he would have improved even further. But I think that injury is, I mean, it was taught that he might not ever play again because of that injury. So the fact that he didn't was still able to contribute his credit to him, but it does show how much it affected him. And, and sadly, he has been a, a bit part player this year. And I think, I think if he does go, I mean, if I was West Ham, I would offer him reduced terms, reduced terms. I think he's on a decent wage. I'd offer him reduced terms and say we're doing it year by year. Whether he'd take that or not, I don't know. But uh, but if he didn't, I'd be like, okay, well, let's part ways and we wish you all the best because I'd like to have him in the squad, but I just don't think he's quite, because of maybe the injury and stuff, quite ready to be a, a first-team regular for us. And, um, yeah, but what a servant, a great player for us over the years. Yeah, he has been. He really has been. And it's such a shame that he got that injury because you're quite right. He's never really been the same since. And uh, oh, I just I will forever remember him for that goal against Tottenham. Jesus Christ, the euphoria he gave the fans when we got that equaliser from 3-0 down. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And he scored another winner against Tottenham as well. He also scored a few yeah. against Chelsea. So yeah. he was just to get goals in important games, definitely. Scored yeah. um, one of the goals, I think, at Anfield when we won there for the first time in God knows how long. So, yeah, over his career, scored some really important goals for us. He did. Um, I tell you what, what, what's an underrated goal was that goal we scored against Palace away. I mean, if, if yeah, Harlan yeah, or De Bruyne would have scored yeah. that, we'd be talking about that and showing that on Sky every bloody week. But uh, yeah. that was unbelievable as well. Yeah. Um, so whatever happens, we we all, I think, can agree. Collectively, as a fan base, we wish him well and, and thank him for the good times. But let's talk about that incredible night in Alkmaar, uh, a night that will live in the hearts of West Ham fans forever. Can you try and describe how you felt at full time? 
pissed off because she hadn't returned to the seat. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd watch the whole game. Oh, we fucking <laughs> um, if I take, take personal feelings like that aside, um, then uh, no, I felt I felt absolutely amazing. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, and I tried to I tried to keep it like under control, but I was very very emotional, particularly when um, Fulham scored that goal. Like, I, I think I think that's the closest. Oh fuck! I'll just say I did cry. I shed a tear. I shed a tear in that moment because. This season, particularly, you know, being a West Ham fan is always hard work at times because, especially where, you know, you and I grew up, because the majority of people supported Arsenal, Tottenham, Man United, Liverpool, whatever. So you're, you're always forever having rammed down your throat that you support a shitter team than, than most of your mates. So it's times like this when, when all of that, Makes you can suddenly say, yeah, it was worth it, and you know, there's other factors that um that come into play. You know, like I, you know, this is now my job, um, so we put up massive gambles, both you and I, to, to to quit what we did to try and make a go of this um this season. Particularly, I've taken so much shit from trying to defend David Moyes and the team. You know, I, as I said to you the other day, I'm still very tempted. I don't think I will because I don't want to be smug and I don't want to necessarily dig out some people who are patrons. But I'm very very tempted to put a few of the messages I received over that time on Patreon or on Twitter just to show, not to show that oh, I told you so, but just to show the level of hate I was getting just to try to defend David Moyes. Um, so that, so those emotions. Also, you know, I've never seen West Ham win anything um, with uh, with um, my um, with my um, uh, dad, you know, my dad um, is you know, in his 70s now. He was obviously around when West Ham won in the 80 and 75 and 65 and so on. But I've never experienced West Ham winning anything, and I would love to do that um, in both of our lifetimes. So there's a load of factors like that, that that make this so emotional for me. And, you know, it's been a difficult year f- for you for obvious reasons as well. And I think if West Ham could just, just win this trophy at the end of the season for both of us, it just be so, and all, all West Ham fans as well, because I'm sure there's individual stories like what you and I have got to um, that would really, really, um, really, uh, you know, have as much poignancy. It's just so important that we win that trophy. You know, I've seen West Ham lose in the final in 2006, and it, it it was painful. If we could go out there and win this trophy, it'll be absolutely um, sensational. So yeah, I was very, very emotional at that time. Mm. I am sorry about those messages I sent you, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, they was out of order, some of them. Uh, but to, please don't share them publicly. <laughs> to be fair, yours are actually one of the more tame ones I used to get about it. You should see some of the shit I got. Honestly, I remember one of them stuck in my head. It was something like... Just because you're so up the board's arse that they're paying you to back boys, because that's what they're doing, um, you can actually say what every other West Ham fan knows, and that that ginger prick's got to go. He's going to get us relegated, and we'll get, we won't get to the final of the Conference League. He's got to go, and you're delusional for thinking otherwise. That was yeah, one and, of and do you know what? And do you know what? That surprised me from Trevor Brooking. <laughs> for me, I, I just can't imagine him sitting there and typing that. So that was a shock to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, it does. Uh, now there is a lot of elements of smugness because we haven't completed the job yet. We need to go and win that trophy. So I don't want to, like, you know, get too yeah. carried away. But obviously, there is an element of smugness. As you know, I did tell you, this was likely to happen. Uh, but it is what it is. Let's not go down that route. I used to get really pissed off whenever uh, West Ham lost a game. The Moyers out brigade would say, "I told you so." So I'm not going to do the same when things are looking a bit up. But um, let's just enjoy that final as one united fan base. United, don't matter what you think of Moyes, long term, short term, whatever. Let's just enjoy it. And if we win it, let's just please just enjoy the moment while it lasts and, and stop any agendas and just enjoy it for the time because it won't happen. It doesn't happen. It's very often it takes 43 years to get here. So let's just savour it. Yeah, no, very true, mate. I mean, we, we have to win it. We have to win the tournament yeah, exactly. from, from the get-go. I mean, the, the route to the final has just been incredibly favourable for us. Um, but, again, without wanting to go down that route, I'll make you absolutely right. You know, let's just celebrate the fact that we're there. Who cares who we played, who we beat, and we're in a final. And if we win it, it will just be, oh, God. I, 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 do you know what? I mean, we're talking about last Thursday. 
and the euphoria that all West Ham fans felt. Imagine if we fucking won it in Prague. I mean, yeah. that would be next level, mate. I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. And, you know, I've not spoken to hardly any West Ham fans that I know that ain't going. Most of uh. them don't have a ticket. I'll I tell you what, mate. It, Prague is just going to be a sea of West Ham fans for that fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just going to be so special. And if, I mean, if we win it, I don't even want to think about losing it. I can't think about losing it. I'll just be inconsolable. But if we win it, Jesus Christ, that'll be unbelievable. But fuck me, I look like a right cunt. When Fournel scored, I fucking fell down the stairs, didn't I? Um, <laughs> yeah. But- and I've seen, I've seen videos and I recognise you from your ass crack. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it so many times. Not, 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 not out of choice, I might add. And I just saw a video and there was just a lot of skittles of people and I could tell one of them you just from that honestly mate i was doing cartwheels down that fucking stair my back's still killing me now by the way i was like it didn't crack my head open i I feel like i've been in a car crash it's still taking a a while to recover from that but you know what mate honestly i was lying on those stairs on my back and i'm just laughing because the, the, the euphoria because when pablo scored that we all knew categorically that we'd done it yeah. And that, that, oh, mate, if you could bottle that feeling, you'd be a rich man. It oh, was, it was amazing. Thing. It was amazing, mate. You know, I like, as I, uh, just for the context of the conversation, I'm having another dig, I was standing on my own. And when that girl went on, but I was, uh, I was like, <laughs> well, you, uh, you make it sound like I abandoned you on your own in the fucking away end or something, or in the, in the, in the home end. You, you did, you know, as many people as I do over West End. You went on your own. I mean, no, this, is a, this is what I mean. I was adopted by various people around me. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was just such a, a nice feeling. Like, everyone was jumping around, you know. It was like we were running up and down the aisles and stuff. And where I was at the back, we had a lot of space because most people just congregated down the front. So yeah. it was just like people just jumping on each other, high-fiving. It was, yeah, it was amazing, mate. And as you say, like when Funhouse's goal went in, like it was just one of those moments where, and if you watch the goal back and the, the, the highlights of it, which I've done probably... 37 times now maybe um, yeah. if you watch the goal back there's a moment where he gets to the to the edge of the area and it just goes silent for a split second because yeah. everyone's, like, everyone's like caught in that moment and then obviously it hits the back of the net and it just goes wild and it was it was just absolutely amazing I mean there was limbs everywhere like it was it was carnage and um, yeah what a moment it'd be one of those moments in your sort of West Ham supporting history that you look back on and you just think wow that's uh That's so special, and I'll never forget that. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, I think, you know, moments like that is a definition of football not being a sport. You know, because yes, I know by yeah, its definition yeah. it's a sport, but it's so much more than that. For people that ain't into football, they just refer to it as a sport like it is at cricket or rugby or whatever it may be. But it's not. It means so much more because of because of the the history we have behind supporting West Ham United. You know, that the passion just runs so much deeper. And as I said previously, there's no such thing as a tribalism in football. And that was just fucking a beautiful moment. And Christ knows as West Ham fans, we've suffered for a long time, a long time. And like you said earlier, you know, we haven't had the sort of uh, luxury of, of um, going to Europe every season, winning trophies, and, and it just being another one for the cabinet. You know, fucking hell, West Ham yeah. fans deserve this more than any other fan base on the planet because the fact that we've never, ever turned our backs on this football club. You know, this is our this is our life, West Ham United. And uh, I, I, just, I just think if we can do it in Prague, there isn't a, a fan base on the planet that deserves it more than West Ham fans. It was just no. absolutely euphoric. And uh, I just live long in the memory, uh, as hazy as that memory was, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a great... Oh, 
I say this is a great away day. Like you know, we oh, yeah. we met up with a lot of people that we've known over various you know years and capacities and stuff. And just to see that you know everyone's there and everyone's happy in that one that one moment. Like you you don't like you said with football being more than just a sport. You don't experience that necessarily. You know maybe at a wedding everyone's happy for the the bride and groom. But there's always someone that's not happy for them, and there's always someone that you know doesn't want to be there, and someone that's a bit miserable or whatever. <laughs> Like, you yeah. know, but when you're at the, that result, the, you know, goes in every single person in close proximity to you is absolutely buzzing for that moment in, in time. And, you know, when when you followed the club home and away, like we have done all, all season and, you know, been through the amount of crap, you know, when we sat there where, you know, Chelsea goal was disallowed in the last minute and had to have all their fans, you know, mucking us off in front of us and all the VAR decisions and, you know, like losing badly against Brighton and then having to spend three hours trying to find a car afterwards and you know all those moments in time where you think oh god why do I do this they're they're erased for moments like that oh god yeah well said absolutely it was uh it was just incredible, and um, no, I, I, to be fair, it was a bit of a walking walker moment, which a was, bit. was was was. was well, <laughs> you broke was a, records. Well, I mean, you know, if I'm putting up a defence in court now, um, <laughs> there was it, it was it was unintentional because, as you know. You know, I, I've said you fancy a beer, and you said yes. So I went to get the beers. Right, no, but um, hold on. Prior to that, I sat you down, <laughs> and I said, right, listen, mate, this is where we are sat. We are three rows from the back. I counted them to you. One, two, three. There's only one staircase to go down. This one here, right here. Look, look where we are. We're on the edge of the penalty box. We just walk, go to the bar. Two beers. Thank you very much. Turn around, <laughs> walk up the stairs, three from the back, and give me the beers. Job done. All right. So, you know, I think you could have been a bit clearer as to where we were <laughs> in this game. Um, you know, so that didn't help. But, you know, I went, <laughs> went down and got the beers. And I, 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 to be honest, I think now I don't know how the fuck I managed it because in, in your defence, you, you were quite clear on where we were sitting. And I've come out... And it was just, I think at that point in the game, there, there were people that were maybe leaving their seats or going to chat to their mates or whatever. And it just almost seemed like a little mini wall of people to get round. And then I spotted a, a group of, of pals that we have over there. And then I ended up just sort of standing with them watching the game and um, and having a beer. But, you know, to be fair, mate, you will be pleased to know that your beer didn't go to waste because I also drank that. So yeah, I, don't no, I thought you know, I thought that, that probably fun. happened. You know, whilst I was gasping for thirst on my own at the back, seeing mirages in front of me rather than a football game, I'm glad to know that you... you You'd had another one to your your fifteen that you'd had previous. <laughs> oh fuck me! So anyway, on that note. <laughs> The what funniest thing was, the funniest thing is, let me just clarify to the listener, because someone came up to me and they'd seen me on my own and he said, I've heard about Walking Walker on the podcast, but I've actually seen it in all, all its glory. So so we were standing there. We, we did come up to the seat together. I'd clearly explained to Dave where we were sat. You know, so I'd done all of that. And he said, he's the guy that I spoke to and shout out to you, said he'd saw, saw where I was, um, uh, saw me do that. And he could see that you were just getting agitated. You were sat down. You weren't really enjoying it. Like, like, weren't like standing up much. You were, and you were shaking back and forth on your seat. You were getting very, very agitated. And he said, "I could tell that a walk was just coming at any moment." And uh, and then he said that he looked at his watch, and it was twenty three minutes into the game that you went. And then he, he said he saw me give you one final instruction, and then. Um, yeah, no, that was it. I just yeah. saw me watch the game on my own from then onwards. I can't help but think the elements of that story slightly exaggerated for comedy effect. But, you know, we'll turn a blind eye. Um, <laughs> but in terms of our trip to Amsterdam, what did you make of it? And I might need your help a little bit here, mate, because, um, you know, as good as those few days were... You thought we were in Belgium? My, my, recollection, <laughs> <laughs> my recollection is a little bit hazy, to be yeah. fair. Um, and, and actually, you say I thought I was in Belgium. If we briefly talk about the cab journey home after the game, 
um, I briefly thought I was in a kebab shop having a tear up with some toad, didn't I? Yeah, so we had um, we had uh, uh, we shared a cab with Anthony Hufton. Many of you may know him from West Ham circles, and we um, yeah we shared a lift with him. And uh, uh, he just all of a sudden fell asleep within seconds of getting into the cab. And we're talking seconds, you know, not even minutes, seconds. And you were asleep. And, you know, and first of all, Anthony was laughing. Like, I've seen all this before, so to me, it's it's nothing new. But Anthony was laughing and stuff because you fell asleep so quickly and then within about maybe five ten minutes you started talking to yourself as you do most of the time when you do this it's just random like aggression just acts of aggression but with no no kind of context to it so you might just get the odd swear word or the odd fist pump or like the odd sort of like like real like angry sigh and stuff but this this time you actually gave context to what was going on so you said oh listen if if, if you're not going to give me chicken or, or beef I'm really not happy I'm really not happy about this I'm really not happy. And then, uh, and then we, and Nancy was going, "What's going on? Is is he doing an act?" I was like, "No, this is not an act, mate." And he's like, "No, he's, he's he's doing a joke." I was like, "Mate, this is not a joke because it won't it won't be funny. It'll just be really aggressive. Watch, it'll be funny to watch, but it's not because it's not real." And then the cab driver turned around and said, "Should I pull over and wake him up?" Because at one point you threw your cap to the. Um, to, to hit the windscreen and because and the reason you did that was because not only had they not had I think it was I think they didn't have beef I think they had chicken but they didn't have beef the, the imaginary kebab shop in your head it didn't have garlic sauce and, and from that point because it didn't also have beef and it didn't have garlic sauce that just sent you into an absolute meltdown and you were swearing you were going you I don't want to say that word, but you see, you NT, you have your go at, you have your go at the owner of it. You threw in your cap, you were throwing your cap. You're saying this is not acceptable. All I do for you, the amount of custom I give you, all I do for you, and you're just throwing your cap around, shouting, swearing. That went on for about five, ten minutes. Fuck! Okay, I bet the cabbie was absolutely shitting himself. He was. He he did say to me, "Is he going to attack me?" And I, said, <laughs> I, and I said, "I said, I don't think so. I think it'll just be the imaginary kebab shop owner." But but if he get, if he gets towards you, then we'll obviously try and wake him up. Well, to put some context to this, I have been having some real-life murders recently with my kebab shop. Now, I love this kebab shop, and I do put a lot of custom their way. And um, I don't know where beef came from, because it's typically chicken or lamb. But if that's what I said, who the fuck knows what was going on in my head? But I have been having murders with him in the sense that as much as I love it, I, I, maybe it's because the geezer taking the order, his art ain't really in the job. But there, there is always a mistake, you know what I mean? Either they'll forget... Me, me fried peppers and onions or or they'll forget me garlic sauce so this is real life struggles that i've been having recently uh, and i've been getting to the end of my tether with it a little bit so that was obviously lodged in my brain a little bit when i fell asleep and oh jesus christ how embarrassing is that fucking hell uh, <laughs> you've done it before to be fair this is moderate compared to beating up tottenham fans where you're actually throwing things around our room throwing bins kicking over lights and stuff yeah. you know oh, that this, this was actually quite moderate Oh, God, honestly, I think the less said about that, the better. That's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> that. But anyway, I mean, you know, when you talk about the trip to Amsterdam, I mean, there was a little bit of drama before, before the plane even took off, wasn't there? Because, I mean, I, I've got to be honest, I, I do feel sorry for this geezer. And, you know, I, if if you are the person I'm about to talk about and you do listen to this show, please get in touch and let us know if you made it to Amsterdam, right? So some people say, well, no, fair enough. You know, he got what he deserved. You know, I, I, I'm a bit different to that because... You know that bit between the airport and the plane where you are outside for the first time? I've done it myself. You have a, you have a, a few cheeky little vapes before you get on the plane because uh, obviously you can't vape or smoke on the plane uh, and then you get it out of your system. So I have done it myself. Actually, I don't even know where we were going next, but I did it and got caught by this Jobsworth, didn't I? She took the vape off me and I'm standing there arguing with her about getting my vape back. Um, so I've been there and done it myself. That's why I think I sympathise with this case of... Uh, <laughs> There's this group of lads that are walking along, and, and they didn't look like trouble to me, to be honest, but he did exactly what I just said I, I've done. He, he vaped in that little space uh, between the airport and the plane, and uh, they've kicked him off the plane. They ain't allowed him on the flight. And you can imagine how devastated he is. He's just watched all of his mates go on the plane, and he's being carted away. And I heard one of the stewards say, um, not only is he not going to be allowed on this flight, she said, I don't know what he's going to do because he's going to be blacklisted by EasyJet now for six months. <laughs> and I yeah. was thinking, fucking hell, that's a bit harsh. So, I mean, it, it wasn't without his drama. And actually, I was sitting next to 
his mate on the plane. And he said, he said, it is a bit harsh, but where, where he went wrong was he argued with them. He should have just put his hands up and said, look, I am sorry. I know I shouldn't have done it. You know, can I have another chance? But he, he argued the case. Uh, and I think they got the arse of it. And then he was marched off. So I don't know if he made it or not, but my heart goes out to him if he doesn't. Because like I say, I've been there myself. But, you know, when we talk about actually arriving in Amsterdam, the one thing I'm actually gutted for you, mate, to be honest, is that we didn't get to go around Frank's house. Because that was the first thing we intended to do, wasn't it? But it was fully booked. And I know you yeah. love your history and, and your sort of wartime history in particular. And I think you'd have loved that. So I was looking forward to sharing that with you. Um, but instead, we kind of went on a bit of a bang average bus tour, didn't we? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest. I, I'm not sure. It was. Yeah, I don't think it lived up to expectations. I'm not sure um, whether. Yeah, it, it did the tour I would have done. But I think there's so many bikes whizzing around and being pests in the oh, city yeah. that it could probably only go on the outskirts of it because of potentially running over bloody 500 of them on one on one tour. So yeah, I think I think it, it sort of didn't really hit the spots we would have liked it to have hit but uh, you know yeah it didn't really do the job really and then we had the we had the dramas of you nearly missing the game as well oh, that was another God. one thrown in so I like oh. just to so, so we'd, we'd been texting each other back and forth a little bit in our rooms we always have to have separate rooms because obviously Dave is a psycho when, when, when asleep so in front of them so for in order to even though it hits our bank balance for my own safety I need to have my own room now and uh, we had our own room we're texting a bit and I was like, right, so I'll see you in about 15 minutes, mate, taxi's here. Um, and he was like, yeah, cool, cool. So then we, no, we're going to go to the bar, actually. We're going to go to the bar first. Yeah, we were. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you at the bar at six. You're like, yeah, all good, Just mate. had a Chinese, by the way. So, you know, a, a bit of food coma plays a part here. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it was it was good. And to be fair, I fell asleep, but I had the, what's the word, the intuition to set an alarm, just in case <laughs> I did. So it comes to uh, comes to the agreed time to meet in the bar. So I call him because he's always late so I call him just to check that he's actually coming on time no answer so I think right okay I've got I'll give him about five ten minutes this is usually approximately that long late um so then uh yeah uh, ten minutes later no answer so I text him and I think, right, mate, just answer your phone, please. So I know you're okay. No answer. Another 10 minutes. I've got the cab company saying, right, they're here now. We need to go. And I'm like, no, we said 6.30. So we got 10 minutes. Called him. No answer. Called, and then, then I managed, I called down to reception, got them to call his, like, in, like, well, they called, I don't say house phone, but like, you know, hotel room phone and uh, no answer. I'm like, oh my God. Oh. So first of all, I had, I had the three options in my head. He's dead. Um, he's gone. He's gone for a walk to find more alcohol, or um, or he's asleep. So I had those three possibilities in my head, and I didn't know what to do because I thought to myself, I'm actually going to have to make a decision here whether I go to the game on my own soon because you know I don't know where you are. Um, and so I went to the hotel reception. I said, look, I don't know where my mate is. And uh, I said, can we go and look in his room? And they said, no, we can't look in his room. You have to wait till checkout in the morning. And I was like, what was if he's dead in there? And I was, like, I was like, that's the rules. You have to wait till checkout. And I was like, so I was arguing what ridiculous rule that was. And then uh, eventually they managed, I managed to persuade them to take me to the room. And the instruction I got given was bang as hard as you can, bang as hard as you can. And if he answers the door, which is an instruction in Amsterdam, that's probably going to be taken out of context, I guess. But uh, <laughs> for this, for this, for this notion, it was to wake you up. So I was banging on the door, bang, 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 bang. No answer for ages. So now I'm like taking a double action, kick and punch at the same time, thinking like literally going to the game depends on this. And eventually, having done that double combo, you open the door. You went, I heard you go. I heard in the room. You go, oh fucking hell, like that. And then, yeah, uh, yeah. Then, you, and then you got up, opened the door, saw the hotel manager that you'd made friends with earlier because you'd forgot your key. Three times we're going out for a cigarette so he knew who you were and uh, you went hello mate what are you doing here in your, in your ch- <laughs> and I was like Dave where the fuck are you the cab is leaving right now you're like what and I'm like mate it's 6.30 what and I was like, mate, you need to go and get ready now. Oh, X, I'll be about 20 minutes. No, you can't be 20 minutes. You've got to get out now. And credit to you, within about two minutes, maybe five minutes, you did show your face. But yeah, another. Well, well that's... that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to go again because I, mean, I was laughing about this on the fucking plane as well. So that's a story from your perspective, right? Now, from my perspective, 
we'd gone out and had this <laughs> this Chinese, and I was having some drinks either side of it. But the, the, the fucking craziest thing about Amsterdam, right? I still can't get me a brand it. Is you go in these sort of off licenses, and they either sell weed related products and no alcohol, or no weed related products and weak alcohol. Now I'm a spirits drinker, right? So I'm fucking walking around half of Holland trying to find a, a bit of vodka or rum, and you can't get it anywhere. It's just it's the strangest thing. Like I said, the geezer, mate, you've got anything a bit harder than this because it's all like Smirnoff Ice and sort of moderately percentaged wine. And I said, this is a bit moody, all this stuff. And he, he said no. And I, I went to about four other shops, still the same thing. So I ended up getting a, you know, some wine which ain't ideal. Uh, and I also bought these these gummy bears as well. And next bought some cookies, right, from these shops, which, of course, is legal to do in Amsterdam. And that's another story in itself, which I'll come to in a minute. But we we uh, we, we then went out after a few drinks. So I had a few drinks in the, in the hotel as well. And then we went out to have this Chinese, which, to be fair, was the bollocks, X, wasn't it? The Chinese. It was really, really nice. And as usual, we'd overdone it. And... Um, you know, a couple of fat bastards like me and him are walked in when they have to put two tables together to put all the food on the, the table for us. And uh, I've got a bit of food coma. So I've, I've gone back to the room and it's one of them where I didn't deliberately intend to go to sleep. But where I'm laying down, I've just fallen asleep. So I, I didn't set an alarm. I, I didn't think I would sleep, but I did. So I didn't set an alarm. And then fuck me. out of nowhere honestly I nearly had a fucking heart attack these fucking bangs and kicks on the door I absolutely shit myself I fucking went I was like who the fuck's that and then I've gone he's gone into media you thought it was the old Bill again didn't you I fucking shit myself mate I was surprised he didn't take the door off his hinges and uh, I've opened the door and I've got to say I mean I don't know I I know you had to be there I know you was but from my eyes to open the door and see you in this hotel manager staring back at me and you were fuming you were like a disapproving dad I could tell you had the fucking right up as well so uh I said, oh, mate, just, just give us a couple of minutes. And, and the reason I knew you had the right hump is because when I closed the door to get to get changed as quickly as possible, I'd opened it up again to expect to see you there, and you just fucked off. Like you were, I could tell you were fuming. So I had a bit of making up to do, and I, I think I, I tried yeah, so, to laugh so you, a little bit to You, the you made it up to me by then fucking off at the football as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. so can I just put this in, in audio now to all the listeners that went, that see us at away games that probably think, or understandably think that Dave is the friendly one, and I'm probably quite moody and standoffish. You don't know what I've gone through to get him to the ground. Okay, I've gone through hoops, barriers, everything to get him there. So by the point I've got to the ground and he's in his element, hello, mate! Hello, mate! Oh, yeah, I haven't seen you later. Hello, mate! Hello, mate! mate. Doing all that and I'm not as friendly, just bear in mind for a split second what I've gone through to get him there at that point. That's the way I was. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then... To be honest, the only night out that we could have had was on a Wednesday because we we flew out there on Wednesday. Obviously, the game was on a Thursday and then we had an early flight on a Friday, so we could only really go out on the Wednesday. And uh, like I said, these shops, you just walk in and there's there's fucking all sorts of stuff in there. Like I say, there's these gummy bears that was laced with weed and then you've got cookies. Um, And then if you go in certain coffee shops, you can get a bit of weed to smoke if you want it. But we was in there on an alcohol hunt and... uh, I picked up these um, these box of gummy bears. There were loads of them in there, to be honest. And an ex picked up these cookies, so he took his cookies to his hotel room. I took my gummy bears. Didn't eat any, I might add. No, okay. So, um, <laughs> so what? What well, 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 I did? Well, well, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, this was the the, the funny thing. Now, I, I don't tend to panic about this sort of stuff, right? But I don't, I don't do, I don't smoke. Well, I'll say it now. I don't typically smoke weed and I don't, certainly don't do fucking gummy bears laced with weed. But anyway, when in Rome, as they say, so I bought this box and this was on the Wednesday and we, we, we're due to go out and meet a few people and uh, I'm just eating them like Haribo, like literally like one after the other. I, I reckon I've done between 15 and 20 in about half an hour. And then uh, I, remember saying, <laughs> I remember saying to X, God, those gummy bears are shit. And uh, he, he said, how many did you have? I said, well, about 15 to 20. He said, what, in, in half an hour? I said, yeah. 
He's, and then he's panicked. He's panicked more than I have. His XBNX has gone on fucking Google and he's found some sort of advice with his gummy bears that reckons you should take one an hour. Well, I've just done <laughs> fucking close to 20 and half an hour. So now I spent the following three hours wondering what the fucking hell was going to happen to me. And luckily, <laughs> luckily, because I've put my body through so much abuse over the years, I think my body's just immune to any, <laughs> yeah. any side effects or reactions. So I, think I, they, I, think they, I think the gummy bears affected me more than they affected you. Yeah, I, didn't even have, I didn't even have one <laughs> just, just for being in close proximity to the toxins <laughs> I don't uh I don't really remember too much about Wednesday. I mean, we obviously we, we went out and had some. Oh, that doesn't lads surprise well. me. Yeah. yeah. So so we went. So we went. <laughs> so we went out with some lads and they're top blokes, so we can see the funny side of it now because at yeah. the time Dave didn't know them, so I've got these strict instruction that we're only allowed to spend half an hour with them because we yeah, don't because, know because them. Because I didn't know them to be yeah, fair, yeah, but now yeah. I do. And it was a brilliant time. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a reflection on them because Dave no. didn't know them, so it's just oh. it could have been anyone. So I was in strict instruction that we had to leave in half an hour. So I was setting the scene like, okay, mate, we'll come and meet you for a drink, but we're going to go quickly because we've got loads of people to meet, blah, 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 on Dave's, Dave's instruction. And then when we get there, Dave's like, mate, you cannot let us stay for more than half an hour. These people, we've got to go quickly. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll say we're going on, which we did, to be fair, have other people to meet. So it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a lot no, necessary. But, um, no. And then within about maybe five minutes of being in there, Dave's already said loudly to the two fellas, and they are top fellas, so yeah. right and rightly so. Right, lads, we go for a bar crawl after this then, are we? I'm like, <laughs> my instruction was to not do that, and then within five minutes we are, and then we were doing like shots of these, like test tubes, if you remember, yeah, test tube shots, yeah, and, then, um, and then we were going for a walk around town, and we were exploring the town, and as, as per one of these things, we ended up in a... Um, in the red light districts and very good boys I might add both being married but we met up with like West Ham Fan TV and a, a few other people that we know from just West Ham circles and uh, we ended up visiting a strip club very very quickly I might add and then Dave decides and he's, he's at, the, at that time that all of a sudden he's going to be Floyd Mayweather again so he was buying drinks for every person every person that even like happened to look in our direction he ordered for them and I was like mate you can't keep ordering this river he was like, he was like, he was like stick it on the business account I'm like mate it doesn't matter what account we stick it on we can't afford this he's like yeah we can it's only one round of drinks don't worry X you're so boring you're such a granddad X just relax just enjoy yourself I was like mate we can't we can't afford this oh come here mate what do you want what do you want double shot vodka and some champagne no worries yeah of course get that on the tab X right hey, what do you want what do you want the bottom by yeah you can have that mate come over like oh, so, and then by the end of it the, the guy goes I said right okay that's enough and I actually said Dave I'm not going to listen to you anymore and I drew the line because you're just buying drinks for literally anyone that could breathe in that place <laughs> and, uh, and I was and I was like right that's it we're stopping now we ordered like hundreds of drinks and the, the woman was like yeah that'll be 455 <laughs> euros please and I was like and then she goes to me and you can give me a tip if you want as well I said fuck that my tip would be to lower your prices love I think I said but but like 455 euros or something ridiculous like that just because he suddenly became, suddenly became Floyd Mayweather and thought and let me just state that is no reflection on how much we earn from Patreon because oh, that, no. that, that means that both our families have to go about food now probably for the next month and so, so yeah that was another another interesting moment shall we say Oh, fuck me. It's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, funny. He's just our accountant. <laughs> but we can't pay our corporation tax bill. <laughs> oh, you, see what you see what I'm working with, people? I'm hoping there's an element of sympathy coming out across the airways now. <laughs> oh, God. Well... It really was a lively old night on Thursday, especially for one man in particular. That man is, of course, Nolsey. And earlier on, we caught up with him to get the story from his perspective. Well, we now have the pleasure to be joined by Chris Noll, who is uh, now affectionately known as Nolsey. Um, mate, it's great to have you with us. How are you, mate? And more importantly, how are you finding fame these days? <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm well, thank you. Um, yeah, fame is... Uh... I'm not quite used to it, really, to be fair. I enjoyed yesterday going to the stadium and meeting all the fans and having 
you know, photographs taken and shaking everybody's hand. That made me feel like, um, you know, that what I'd done was a good thing at the end of the day. So I, mm. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I don't do social media, um, although my daughters have set me up something just so I can, you know, comment back should I get, you know, wrong statements and stuff like that. But on a whole, I've, you know, I've coped all right. It's, it's been a whirlwind since Thursday night, trust me. You know, I'm back to we're back to normality now. So, but you know, it's, I've enjoyed it. So, yeah, good for you, mate. Good for you. Well, look, let's cut straight to the chase, Nolsey. Tell us about that famous situation with the Alkmaar fans because we've all seen the footage. It looked like it was taken on an entire fucking nation, to be honest. But you know, from your perspective, what what's the story? You know, how how did it happen? Why did it happen? What was your part in it? Just tell the story through your eyes. Okay, so um, obviously I wanted to get to the semi-final and I couldn't get normal tickets, so I was lucky to get tickets through a corporate um, corporate way. Um, so we were sitting with um, some of the fans and a lot of the ex-footballers. Tony Gale was there, um, Antoine Ferdinand was there, Marlon Harewood was there, and there were obviously a few, few of the wives and family and friends. So we were in that section. Um, the game went on fairly eventful. Um, you know, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards until we scored. And then as soon as we scored, um, we all started celebrating, obviously. Um, and I noticed at the Outmar end that the flares were going off and the, the tear gas was hitting or the smoke bombs were hitting, uh, were thrown from them onto the pitch. Um, and I noticed them sort of ferrying down in the middle of the aisles. And it looked like someone said to me, oh, look, they're leaving already. And I said, look, they're not leaving, they're running. If they were leaving, they'd have, have heads down and they'll be, you know, walking out, you know, disappointed and stuff like that. I said, they're coming down with purpose. So I looked to the bottom right-hand corner from where we were and they were all congregating in the corner. And I said to my son-in-law, who's also in a lot of the footage, he's wearing a green North Face top, if you see the footages and the, the, the steels sort of standing almost right next to me. Um, I said to him, if the barrier goes down... You know, we're going to be right amongst it in a minute because there was about 80 or 90 of them there. And, of course, no sooner have you said that, then the barrier goes over. And so mm. they then started running towards us at force. And, obviously, they're not there to do anything apart from cause trouble, really. So we made a very split decision that the best form of defence was probably to meet them at the top of the stairs. So me and Jaden and a few others congregated at the top of the stairs and managed to stop them coming up where we were. But, you know, there was, as you've seen in the pictures, there was plenty of them. So we just did our best to fend them off as best we can. Um, but it was the same all round. You know, I've sort of been, I've been the one highlighted in this because I think somebody knew my name and that's, you know, social media, it's spread around and it's nosy this, nosy that. But if you look, at the videos and the footage and the photos, there's there's plenty of other people doing exactly what I was doing at at, at, at all the other staircases, just trying to stop the the ultras getting up to where we were and also to where the friends and family were. Um, the fracard itself went on probably for about two minutes, maybe. You know, it's, it's over really quickly, isn't it, at the end of the day. Um, and then eventually the security and the riot police turned up and that's when... They split the two groups of fans up, and the, the ultras sort of seemed to disappear back into their into their stand, and that was it, really. That was that was how it panned out for me. Well, it's an amazing scene. I mean, it looks it looks like something out of a cartoon where you're all at the top and you're just picking them all off left, right, and centre. <laughs> it's quite quite surreal and fair play to you. And as a result, you and the other guys that you mentioned there as well that have also were also doing the same thing as you. You've all been labelled as heroes because rightly so. You were protecting you know young young children, women. You're protecting the families of the players and so on, and, and did a bloody good job at it as well. You've now been labelled as a hero. How do you how do you feel about being given that title? No, just I'm not. I'm not a hero. No, by by any stretch of the imagination, you know. As I said earlier, there were at least a dozen or so guys that done it, that done exactly what I did, and 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 I think anyone or most people will be reacting the same way. You know, I'm a father of four, so you know, I've I, you find it in you to try and protect people and protect your loved ones and. That's really just, uh, it kicked in and I think it would kick in with anybody. I think anyone would do exactly the same. So, you know, we were just trying to do what we were. But it's, not, it's nice to see that people have realised it 
for what it was. You know what I mean? We're not, I'm not the type of person that will go looking for trouble. I won't tolerate bullies. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, them coming up to us, trying to cause trouble, they're bullies. So I just, I just defended what I thought was right at the end of the day. And, you know, I've, I've got a little bit of start a fame out of it, which is quite nice as well in, in a way, but it is nice. That it's been recognized for what it was us defending, you know, where we were and, and trying to look after people. Yeah. Yeah. Really well said, mate. And that's a really important point that you made there. Um, what has it been like for you, though, Nolsey? Because it must have been an absolute whirlwind. I know you're not on social media, like you say, but in terms of the attention and the level of attention you've received, can you quantify that or begin to? Because it, it's, it's been so widespread, hasn't it? it were, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's almost beyond me, to be honest. By the time we landed back, we had a really early flight back into Heathrow on um, on the Friday morning. Um, we went into Amsterdam and ended up in a bar where I've got to say there was no trouble. You know, everyone was welcoming and, you know, Amsterdam itself was lovely. So we had no trouble there. Then we realised we had to get to the airport. So we didn't actually spend any time in bed at the hotels. We just grabbed our bags, went straight back. And by the time I'd landed back at Heathrow, at seven, I think it was our time, seven o'clock in the morning, I'd had 350,000 likes or whatever it is because my mate's on social media and he said you know you know this is this is escalating this is going going crazy <laughs> uh i got home to the missus and um i just said you know well i tell you the funny thing is i phoned my missus up at, at seven o'clock from the airport and i said can you come and pick me up she went no no i'm in bed and i went in bed she went yeah well what do you want I was, she said get an uber and i sort of paused <laughs> expecting her to say you know, are you okay or is it all right? Because I texted, I texted the family the night before, so because I knew they'd see something, and I just went, "Listen, we're all okay, we're fine." And she said, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "Well, have you not seen any?" She went, "No, no." And I heard her turn her phone on, and she went, "Oh my god, <laughs> what, 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 what have you been up to?" And she still wouldn't come and get me from the airport. We had to get an Uber home. <laughs> then, um, some of, a friend of mine, Freddie, he, he he said, listen, I've got messages here. Talk Sport want to speak to you. ITV want to do an interview at the Olympic Stadium today. And by that time, we hadn't slept for near on 36 hours. And I said, you know what? I, I really don't want to, I don't want to do it. I just, I, all I want to do is go to bed and get a couple of hours kicked. So I went, I went to bed. I couldn't sleep because my phone was going off crazy. Everybody messaging me saying, well done. And thank you for standing up, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then my boy walked in about 12 o'clock, sort of woke me up as I was semi-dozing. He said, you've just done 1.1 million. And I went, well, <laughs> is that good? And he went, good. He said, it's amazing. And I've heard today <laughs> that we've gone over the 2 million. So, wow, you know, and it's, it's just unbelievable. But what really, really knocked it home to me yesterday, and I truly thought that I would sort of go under the radar a little bit, but... I got on the I got on the tube and there was a guy there and he recognised me straight away and then when I got off at um Acne Wick, you know, there were people queuing up for photographs. I was getting I didn't pay for a drink yesterday all day long. <laughs> um, there were people taking photographs and I'm trying to get after the game, you know, at the game I spent the whole of half time having selfies with people. And then my <laughs> mate my mate's got a season ticket up the other end. And uh it's to walk halfway round the ground must have taken me an hour and I must have done a thousand selfies or stuff like that. Just people <laughs> patting me on the back saying, Well done, Nosey. You know, and I've tried to I've tried to express to people, you know, don't forget I'm not the only one. There are where there were others involved and and stuff like that because I am to a certain extent still in the line, which I don't really deserve to be honest. But, you know, you know, I've always wanted to be a West Ham legend and now for a a short period of time, I am a West Ham legend, so that's that. You know, I pluck me plucks my head full of pride, really. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, no, so you should be, mate. I mean, like what you did, you know, if you and the others hadn't have done what you'd done, who knows what we could have been talking about the next day. So uh, I think you deserve the title that you've been given by by West Ham fans. And you mentioned they had loads of beers bought for you on Sunday. And have you have you heard from anyone from the club, like any of the the players or any of the officials, to sort of say thank you and you know recognise what you've done for them? Um, no, as I say, I've only, I've, I've not done, I don't do social media. Um, the girls have set me up an account just so 
I can make one sort of last statement before I sign off, really, because that's 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 what I feel I need to do now. I need to sort of go back into the background. But in answer to your question, no, um, they wouldn't be able to get a hold of me directly anyway. But you know, the paper, the Daily Mail, and the Telegraph managed to track me down. So I'm I'm sure the club could track me down. They know my real name, and they know my you know that I've got three season tickets there. But in an answer to your question, no, nobody from the club. But someone uh, sent me a, a post from Mariota who's commented saying that, you know, he, he was, you know, proud of what we did and he, he gave me the label, the Angel of Outmar, I think it was, which I... <laughs> really? I had a little chuckle too. And also I saw a thing from Skamaka yesterday saying like a true true hammer or something like that. So again, that's that's lovely to to, to, to you know, to get that come through to me. Yeah, definitely, mate. Are you going to Prague? Um, I've got I've got um, travel to Prague, but as it stands at the moment, I haven't got a ticket. No. Yeah, I'm sure that will change, mate. Wouldn't you say, X? <laughs> it's yeah, I think there'll be. be so. Yeah, surely someone out there would like to give you one, or we'll put a, we'll put that out there that someone will hopefully be able to get you one. But but who knows, mate? Let's hope we have our fingers crossed for you anyway. And and when we're out there. Do you think we're going to win it? Uh, I've, uh, you know, I've got a feeling that our name is on that trophy. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been, I've been supporting West Ham since I was, you know, a, a middle, a, a teenager, a young teenager, and luckily enough, I was at fifteen. I managed to go to the FA Cup final, so I've seen us lift major silverware, and I think one more time, it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm pinning all my hopes on this and I do think we will win I thought we'd win in Altmar um, I wasn't so confident last year if I'm honest when we were playing Frankfurt because they just seemed you know so clinical and you get that gut feeling don't you and I've got that gut feeling that I, we're going to win it this time Mm, oh please God please God well Nolsey it's been great speaking to you mate well done for doing what you did on Thursday and hopefully we'll buy you a beer in person on the 7th of June eh lovely yeah thank you very much Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.